uh, we get, begin this morning with a blast from the past. Four years ago, Easter Sunday, we premiered a video that has become by far the most watched video ever for Walloon Lake Community Church. So uh, we're going to watch it right now. Watch with me. It's entitled Claire's Story, and it's powerful. Take a view. Joined the church a year ago. Um, I've been living in northern Michigan since 98. I was born in New York, but moved to northern Michigan. Growing up, uh, living for Christ wasn't... Um, wasn't taught to me. I didn't, that wasn't something that was a priority. Going to church wasn't a priority. Um, my father was raised Catholic, my mother Episcopalian. When I was very young, I do remember when we were living out in New York, we were a part of um, a small church and there was a lot of community there. But when we moved to Northern Michigan, um, we didn't go. But I was taught, you know, to be a good person, to um, love your neighbor, to treat um, elders with respect, to treat others the way you want to be treated. Those were definitely the values that were instilled um, to me by my parents. Um, but again, having a relationship with Jesus, I didn't know. I had never read the Bible. You know, when I turned 18 and gradu uh, graduated high school and entered college, I entered the dating scene, um, the social scene of, you know, uh, going out to bars and clubs when I was 21, you know, drinking for fun. Um, I definitely worked hard and played hard. Um, and on the outside, it looked like I had everything together, but on the inside, there was definitely something missing. After I graduated college and started working, um, I kind of was bored. I didn't have any more goals. I didn't feel like there was a purpose. I had reached them all. Um, and that's when I kind of turned to alcohol and um, I began to drink in the not normal social way of drinking. And, um, and yeah, again, on the outside, it looked like I had it all together. Not many people um, knew or know that I struggled with that. Then in 2014, my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, um, which we had no clue about. He woke up one morning with back pain and wasn't able to get out of bed and he went to the hospital. He had an MRI scan and it lit up like a Christmas tree. It's one of those scary stories that you hear. And um, I actually remember that day I went to the liquor store and got alcohol because I couldn't handle it and um, brought that back into the hospital. That was not the most beautiful day for me. Um, and then he died six weeks later. Um, I was very close with my father and that crushed me. And I stopped really caring about my life. I would always use my father's death, death not as an excuse, but as my proof. Like he worked this hard and boom, he's gone. And now it's, he's just gone. What am I supposed to do? Um, so um, my friend, um, then asked me the question, you know, have you ever given any consideration to, to Jesus? And um, and that was one moment where God was drawing me closer to him. And um, I started reading the book, um, Timothy Keller's Belief in the Age of Skepticism's Reasons to Believe in God, um, which outlines some basic questions where people are like, why believe? You know, why does God do bad things to good people? Um, and really dug into those basic questions that people ask. So my friend at this point was like, we need to find you a church to start going to because you're having all these questions and that's amazing, but I know that you're gonna need some help from other believers. Do you know anyone that goes to church? And I literally had to think, I was like, mm, nope, I don't, I don't know anybody. And then um, God made me think of a girl, a friend who I went to high school with. Um, she had posted, she, I, she posts a lot of scripture verses on her Facebook. And 
I was like, okay, you know, she posts scripture. Maybe she goes to church. So I texted her and um, asked, do you go to a church? And if so, can I tag along with you? Um, and she said, of course, uh, right away. And so every Sunday, um, the church that she went to was Walloon Lake. And um, every Sunday, I would drive to her house and then I would drive to church with her and her husband because I didn't want to show up alone. I was kind of nervous and they were very sweet. They took me under their wing and um, brought me to church every day or every Sunday. And uh, I filled out, so at, at Walloon Lake, you know, every, um, every morning before we give the offering, there's ushers with green bags and they're like, if you're new, fill out a bag. And of course, the first Sunday, I was too nervous. I didn't raise my hand. I didn't want attention on me. Um, so the next Sunday, um, I got my green bag, filled out the name. About two weeks later, Pastor Jeff um, called me and helped get me plugged in. And still at this point, I was learning. Um, I, I hadn't committed myself to Christ. I was definitely soaking it all in, and he was drawing me closer and closer. Um, but Pastor Jeff got me plugged into a small group that met every Tuesday. And then he also got me plugged into... Um, his wife's Bible uh, study that she does on Wednesdays and Sundays for ladies, um, where I was just, I felt like I was a sponge. I was soaking it all in. And through this, um, on Wednesday night uh, with Denise Ellis's Bible study, she, it was right before the walk where Jesus walked. Denise invited me to that event, and that was a Friday, on Good Friday. She uh, was so sweet. She walked with me through it all, and then we ended here back in the um, auditorium and uh, I got to see um, Anna Bears portray Mary after seeing Jesus crucified, which if you were there that Friday, it was a tearjerker and it was amazing. Her um, acting ability just to portray Mary um, brought me to tears and then we sang. And right after that, um, when I left, I sat in my car. So, sitting out in my car, just crying, but so, so happy. Um, and uh, so that Sunday, I came to church. The service opened up with Pastor Jeff and Scott Caverly on stage. Um, and Pastor Jeff was asking um, Scott to share his story about um, what brought him to, to Jesus. And um, he had quoted, which has now become one of my favorite verses, is James 4, 7. Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When I heard him say that verse and tell his story about how he was in a dark place and struggling with his own um, sins and addiction issues, um, and he said the line um, that I'll never forget is that I left it all at the foot of the cross um, and turned to Jesus and you know, he set me free. So that Sunday when I went home, I got on my knees and I said, you know, Lord, I'm ready and I want to be your daughter. I'm so ready to leave the sin behind and live for you and only you because the way I was living is leading me nowhere good and I know that you are the only way for me. And so that's the day that I gave my life to Christ. Um, one of the best days ever. Um, and now living for Jesus, I have so much um, direction. Uh, I have so much reason. I have truly become a different person and it's, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing his grace and mercy because I definitely 
uh, held on to a lot of shame and guilt for the way that I was living. Um, and again, the way that I was living, society says is normal. Um, a lot of my friends from my old life, um, you know, I don't look the same to them and they see that in me and they don't see what was wrong with how I was living. Um, and I, you know, pray all the time that, that they do because it wasn't the right way. Guess who's here with us right now? Uh, four years later, a lot has happened. <laughs> yeah, a lot has changed. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a mala up here. So uh, catch us up with uh, what's going on now in your life, Claire. What's changed? Um, so yeah, it's really cool to watch that video just because uh, the friend that asked me about Jesus and the person that I read the Tim Keller book is actually now my husband, Paul. So it's pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, a few months after that uh, testimonial video was shot, we got married here at Walloon Church, and then we moved, or I moved to Ohio, because Paul's in the military, so he's stationed in Dayton, Ohio, at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And about six months into our marriage, he got his first deployment and was deployed to Kuwait for six months. Uh, and when he returned, we decided to start our family. So that's a microphone. Yeah. So Jonah entered our lives. And about eight hours after Jonah was born, Paul got a call and was like, I know you just had a baby and you're starting your paternity leave, but you need to come in because we're moving you to California. You'll learn Spanish and then go to Honduras for a whole year uh, and your family can't come with you. So it was a lot to soak in right after Jonah was born. Um, so that's currently where we are at in our lives is Paul is in Honduras and he's been there about eight months. He's got another four to go. Um, so he was actually um, on leave right now, uh, and he heads back on Wednesday. We have to say goodbye for a few more months. Um, and then we head off to Germany in September. So a lot of moves, um, and as we were kind of discussing all these moves, something really cool is that wherever we go, we, we find a, a family of Christ, which is just amazing. There's that built-in family. Uh, when you meet somebody you share your belief with, uh, strangers become like family. So that's been a huge blessing for us. Um, and then another really cool thing after watching that is I celebrated uh, five years of sobriety this past February. Thanks be to God. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Why you pass that over to Paul? Because uh, I'm interested, as you're watching it, what's running through your head as you look at that video? Uh, so we watched it together um, about a week ago. And uh, I think back to that time, and I have all these just beautiful memories of Claire coming to know Christ and becoming this, this new person. Uh, and then of course, later, three months later, we start dating a year later, we were married. Uh, and so I tend to forget a lot of the pain and the, the difficulty that God brought her through. So, uh, just incredibly grateful watching that. And then of course, as, uh, you know, Claire was obviously an answer to my prayers at the same time. Um, and as she said, it'll be four years on Thursday, uh, and we've spent about a year and a half of that on other, you know, areas of the world. So God's been uh, faithful in uh, <laughs> all things and in all places we've been. So just very grateful. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Uh, five years now following Jesus, Claire. Um, very likely there's some folks watching online, maybe here in the building with us, who might be considering following Jesus as well. Uh, any thoughts uh, now that it's been five years? What would you say to those folks? 
Uh, first and foremost, welcome. So glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, that's what really got me in the door. Uh, and the Tim Keller book, Belief in the Age of Skepticisms, um, Reasons to Believe in God, that really helped answer a lot of those tough questions I was having and, and you might be having. So definitely recommend that book. Um, as I said in my testimony, it, it felt like something was missing. Um, so if that's you, if it feels like something's missing, give Jesus a try. You know, I, I tried to fill it with other things that society says to fill it with, and you're going to be happy if you get X, Y, and Z. And I wasn't. And again, on the outside, like I said, it, it looked like I had it all together. Um, so why not give Jesus a try? It's almost like, what do you have to lose? Um, he gave me so much more hope in something other than myself, something that's eternal. Um, you know, open the Bible. It's a book of stories. It can feel daunting, the whole Bible, but read one story at a time. Keep asking questions. I am. Um, I don't want to stand up here pretending like we have it all figured out and everything together because we definitely still have our struggles and our hardships and our difficulties. But that's a beautiful thing is that uh, through the, the, the chaos, our constant is Christ. And Paul and I know that, that we're going to fail each other over and over again. But we don't look to each other to fill ourselves. We look, for, we look to Christ. So he's our firm foundation. And give him a try. <laughs> Won't let you down. Good answer. Right? Good answer. <laughs> I'll take that for me. Would you join with me? I want to pray for them before uh, we uh, have them head back to their, their seats. So let's pray. They got a lot, lot coming up uh, and happening. Lord, thank you for uh, the story that changes lives. And it all begins with your son, Jesus, and you worked powerfully in Claire, and you brought Paul and Claire together, and you've seen them through some really challenging days of uh, moving and then moving again and then Paul heading out to Kuwait and then to Honduras and now Lord they're about to head to Germany so thank you for being there with them every step of the way thank you for Jonah <laughs> thank you for a wonderful little boy and help him to grow up to love you with all his heart soul mind and strength so Lord we're asking that you'll uh, use them as missionaries in Germany as they head out in September. And Lord, again, thank you that we get to be a part of that story. We give your son Jesus all the glory and praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And uh, as they head back to their seats, let your applause be. Thank you, Jesus, for working in people's lives. You're dismissed. We can go. <clears throat> now we're going to open up God's book. Uh, today we're going to celebrate uh, the most important, most impactful, um, most honest historians would say the most powerful uh, event in all of human history. And that is when Jesus Christ literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead early Sunday morning. Changed the world more than any other event by far. And it was based on the eyewitness testimony of hundreds of people. Jesus arose from the dead, robbing the grave of its power. And because Jesus robbed the grave, followers of Jesus, we too get to rob the grave as well. 
I like how Andy Stanley puts it. Uh, anybody who can accurately predict their betrayal, their death, and then predict their victory over, over the grave, anybody who can predict that with precision and then pull it off, that's somebody worth following. <laughs> anybody who can do that, okay, I want to follow that person with my life. The question that we're going to try to answer this morning is how does the empty tomb affect us? How does uh, the fact that Jesus robbed the grave, how does that impact our life in 2021? Would you locate with me on your phone app, on your phone, in your Bible? If you're watching online right now, you can punch in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And uh, we're going to stand, if you're able, and we're going to read verses 51 to 58, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Ready? Let's, uh, let's read out loud together. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound... The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. And always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for Resurrection Sunday 2021. Thank you, Lord, for all of my friends who are here with us in the building and will be in the building in the second service as well. And thank you as well for all those who are able to join us and are watching online. I pray, Lord, that... Uh, the power of your resurrection will impact us and make a difference today. I pray specifically for those who, uh, quite honestly, are discouraged and depressed and stressed and worried and fearful. I suspect, Lord, just like Claire, some are struggling with addictions. Some uh, have lost hope. There's an emptiness. And I pray that today your word and your spirit might bring hope, might bring encouragement. Lord, I, I pray that you might bring comfort and peace to our hearts and our minds this morning. That's what we're asking for. Lord, would you please use these weak lips and use this weak eye of mine to speak clearly for you today. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one hope-filled voice, passage tells us that because Jesus robbed the grave, 
because Jesus didn't stay dead in that tomb, the practical effect is that followers of Jesus, we too get to rob the grave. We too don't have to stay dead. Uh, the outcome of Jesus defeating death is that he defeated death for us too. So he defeated death for himself, but he defeated death on behalf of us. For all of us who know and follow Jesus personally, give me your eyeballs, death is not the end. Why? <laughs> because Jesus, the grave robber, is alive, and he promises to all who will follow him the hope and the promise of eternal life. That's where our hope comes from. Okay? A little saying that I think might help us to understand is this. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. Okay? I'll say that again because I want you to get it. Okay? Repeat after me. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die only once. Okay, now let me explain a little bit. Uh, born only physically with mom at birth. No thanks, Jesus. I'll, I'll do my own thing. Never invite him into your heart. Then when your heart quits beating, we die physically and then we die spiritually. Separation from God. So, so if you're only born once, then you're going to die twice. You're going to die physically and then you'll die spiritually as well. However, if you're born twice, born physically with mom at birth, and then born spiritually by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, then when our hearts quit beating, when our brains quit waving, <laughs> that next breath, here's what 2 Corinthians 5.8 says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. Got that? that that's what that means. So, so when I breathe my last breath, the next breath is in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Born only once, die physically, die spiritually. Born twice, die physically. Now I'm more alive than I've ever been on planet Earth. Uh, verses 52 and 53, look at it with me. 1 Corinthians 15, if you have your Bible open, you're looking in your Bible app, tells us that Jesus will return and rob our graves and replace our perishable bodies with our new imperishable ones. Okay, let me say that again. Verse 52, he, he's going to grab that, that, that grave, what's left, the dust, and he's going to take that dust, the perishable body, and replace it with a new imperishable one. So, here's the question. What does that mean in how we live? 2021, day to day. How, how does the fact that Jesus robbed the grave and our, our life is going to end and our hearts are going to quit beating and our brains are going to quit waving, how does that affect us today? First, I'm going to give you three reasons, okay? Three effects. First, make sure, make certain that you belong to Jesus while you're still living. That makes sense. So, so if that's true, and we're all going to die, um, 
then I want to make sure that I'm born twice, okay? Verse 54 says, death has been swallowed up in victory. So when I die, I, I want there to be victory. And the only way that happens is if I'm born twice, if you're born twice. The only way death can be swallowed up in victory is for us to be born again. Now, how does that happen? How do we get born twice? If, if you have your Bible, go on your app, go to same chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, and the first seven verses, it tells us that the good news about Jesus is based on facts. I love this. Christianity is a fact, historical-based set of beliefs. And here's the facts, verses 1 to 7. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Second fact, Jesus was dead and buried. Third fact, Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day on Sunday morning. Fourth fact, Jesus was seen alive. And oh, by the way, there were lots of witnesses. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, there were over 500 eyewitnesses of Jesus. They, they saw him die. They saw that he was dead, and now he's alive. How, how do we get born twice? Give me your eyes. I believe those facts for me. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I believe you were dead and buried for me. Jesus, I believe that early Sunday morning you arose from the dead. I believe you did that for me. And Jesus, I believe that you're alive. And then there's another verb in verses 1 to 7. I believe those facts for me. And right now, I receive you into my life by faith. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and as my King and as my forever friend. So, so how do you get born twice? Well, you got to believe those facts and receive King Jesus into your life. That's how you're born twice. That's the beginning. John verse chapter 1 and verse 12 says, To all who receive Jesus and believe in his name, Jesus gives the right to become children of the king. Isn't that good? All who believe, all who receive same verbs in Jesus' name, he gives the right to become children of the king. So, what's the practical effect of Jesus robbing the grave? Okay? It means that we can be born twice and death is not the end. Did you get it? What's the practical effect of Jesus robbing the grave? It means that we now can be born twice. Born with mom, and then we're born again by believing and receiving Jesus into our lives. And suddenly now, death gets swallowed up in victory because of what Jesus has done. Second effect of Jesus robbing the grave. How does it affect us today? Give me your eyes. We no longer have to fear death. We no longer have to fear death. Now, if you were to ask me to describe the last year, I'd give you two words. Two words. It just seems this, this was 
what was going on all around, fear and worry. This last year has been filled with people who were fearful and people who were worried. And, and I think if we're honest, most of us had some moments of fear and worry. What we forget, and even those of us we've known Jesus maybe for decades, we forget, here's the truth, this present world that we live in is not home. This, this is not the end. This is not heaven. Aren't you glad? <laughs> this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We're like pilgrims' progress. We're just pilgrims walking through our eternal home. The promise is our permanent home, new heaven, new earth, face-to-face -face with Jesus Christ, our King. And he's got this hand-built mansion that he's preparing for us, and we're going to be with our King, our Savior, our friend, face-to-face -face for all of eternity. That's the hope. That's the foundation that we stand on. And let me tell you a little bit more about it. There's going to be no more sin, no more Satan, no more old nature, no more viruses, no more pandemic, no more worry, no more fear, no more tears, no more pain, no more death. I don't know about you, but that sounds real, real good. But sometimes we forget that's our confidence. That's the promise. And if you know Jesus, and if he's alive in you, physical death is not the end. Actually, it's only the beginning. The ultimate healing? We pray for healing. And I pray for healing. Pray for this goofy eye of mine. Pray for healing. But we pray for it. But this is not the end. You understand? We get to go and ultimate healing is to be alive with Jesus face to face. And we forget that. Therefore, even if the worst happens, I don't know what the worst, I put a few things down. If I get hit by a cement truck, uh, poor cement driver, save her. If, if I have a heart attack and die, if, if I catch a virus and my body can't fight it off, those of us who know Jesus personally, we get promoted and we're more alive than we've ever been. If you lose sight of that fact, I promise you, worry and fear quickly appear in our lives, don't they? If you forget, oh yeah, I'm just passing through. This isn't the end. Uh, as soon as I breathe my last breath, um, that means I'm more alive than I've ever been and ever will be, okay? So, that doesn't mean that we don't take care of our bodies, okay? I take my men's vitamin pack every day, D, I don't miss. I put my seatbelt on when I drive. I drink lots of water. I go see Dr. Hotchkiss regularly, okay? So you do good things to take care of this gift. Uh, scripture calls it our temples, our bodies. We take care of our bodies, but I don't lose sight of this foundational fact. I belong to Jesus. And because Jesus robbed the grave and he defeated sin and Satan and death for me, planet Earth is not home. 
Sometimes we get far too comfortable and we get moved in and we're just living in tents right now. The permanent home, the eternal home, is to come with Jesus Christ. Okay? And as long as you keep that foundation, then worry and fear and discouragement, when they start taking hold, especially in times of worldwide pandemic, I'm telling you, when you go back to the foundation, oh yeah, this isn't home, just passing through, the best is yet to come. Suddenly now, the worry and the fear and the discouragement starts to dissolve. <laughs> Second practical effect of Jesus robbing the grave. Those of us who know and follow Jesus, we don't have to fear death. Worry and fear no longer have to have a grip on my life and my mind and my thinking and my speech. Third practical effect that Jesus robbed the grave. Verse 58. See if you can't look at it. I think we'll put it up here um, on the screen. Here's, here's what it says. We can live this way every day. And oh, by the way, this is kind of fun because this is my favorite verse. Okay? And it changes once in a while. But this has been, if I write something to you or I email something to you, well, usually this is the verse because this one I love. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know, that's so good you should read it with me. Don't you think? Okay. Let's let it soak in. Here we go. You can read it up here if you want. Otherwise, uh, Read it straight from where you're at. Therefore, read with me, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Isn't that a good verse? I'll share it with you. It can be your favorite, too. Church family, stand firm in in on who you are in Jesus Christ. That, that's, that's our position. That's our identity. It, this is who I am. Stand firm. Don't, don't let anything move you. It, it, it says, let nothing move you. Do you see verse 50? Let nothing move you off of who you are in Jesus Christ. Don't let COVID Move you off your faith in Jesus. Don't let politics push you off of who you are in Christ. Don't let the book of faces or Insta or Twitter or Tickety Talk or YouTube or we could just keep going. Let none of those things push you off of who you are in and through Jesus Christ. Don't let anything digital, don't let media sway your daily living for Jesus Christ is what it says. Just pause. And if you sense that something is pushing you off of your position in Christ, if, if watching about the newest legislation or hearing the latest news on the virus or the vo voices that are speaking at you are messing with your faith, are you ready? 
shut it off. <laughs> Just cancel it. Okay, that's the, that's the correct thing to cancel. No, 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 I'm not listening to that. And here's, here's my advice. You ready? Open up the book. Open up your app. Turn on some worship music that honors and glorifies Christ in the way that fits with your personality, okay? Um, and, and just soak it in and dig into God's instruction manual for your life. And here's what I've discovered. When you're getting pushed off of who you are in Christ, and now you're sitting at the feet of Jesus and worshiping him and feasting on his word, and you get on your knees and you cry out, suddenly now you're strong. You're, you're standing firm and there's nothing going to mess with you. Now, here's the problem. How, does, how long does that last? <laughs> Some days, about a half hour. <laughs> and then what do you got to do? You got to go back. You got to get open up God's word. Got to get alone. Talk to the Lord. Lord, uh, fill me up again. Uh, help me to remember who I am and who I belong to. Help me remember this world is not my home. Just passing through. You understand? You got to keep going back. Going back to the source every day. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I'm on my knees. I'm on my face. I'm crying out to you, King Jesus. Let nothing move you. Because I know when I'm walking with you, look at verse 58. I love it. When I'm giving myself fully to you, that's never in vain. That always has lasting results. Quick review. Practical effects. Jesus robbing the grave. Okay? First, make sure, make certain that you belong to Jesus. Do you know that you know that you know you belong to Jesus? Is there evidence? We talked about this last week. Is there clear evidence? Is there fruit that shows that Jesus is daily working in your life? Make sure that you're born twice. <laughs> make sure that you are born again in Christ. Second, fear and worry grows and gets stronger and begins to have a, a negative enchaining, imprisoning effect when we realize that this is not our home. When I'm thinking this is it, suddenly now worry and fear come strong. But when I realize, no, no, home is yet to come. Last breath. Let me, let, me, let me picture it this way. If you've been around someone who's died, here's how it works. Last breath, exhale. Next breath, inhale. If you know Jesus, that's heavenly oxygen with Jesus. Think about it, okay? So I'll, I'll let you do it with me. Last breath, exhale with me. You ready? Your body just goes. Next breath, know Jesus. Ready to inhale? Heavenly oxygen. <laughs> And now to be absent from the body, present with Jesus. Isn't that good? Why? How can I happen? Because I've been born twice. <laughs> I've been born twice. Finally, stand firm. Stand firm. Jesus, you robbed the grave, and I'm not going to allow anyone or anything to move me off who I am in and through Jesus Christ. And if anything or anyone is messing with who I am in Christ and keeps knocking me off of my standing firm in him, no thank you. 
You're going to get shut off. You're going to get deleted. You're going to get canceled from my life. No, I, I don't need that in my life. I'm going to pull the plug. I'm going to get back to the instruction manual, and I'm going to worship the Lord, and, and I'm going to cry out, and I'm going to go back to my standing in Christ. Jesus robbed the grave and rose victoriously. He arose. He's alive. He's working today. And, and if you'll let him, you can shine brighter today than you've ever shined before. Why? Because I think the world is getting darker. Would you not agree? Things are getting tougher. Well, that just means when, when you're standing firm in Jesus, you're going to shine brighter than you ever have before. Shine bright, my friends. Jesus is alive. He robbed the grave. And that changes everything. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. You need to ask a few questions, okay? First question. Have you been born twice or only once? Could be you're watching online right now. Could be that uh, you're here in the building. And perhaps you've never been born again a second time. Would you ask the Lord, Lord, show me? Would you make that clear? So if, if you're not sure, if you're uncertain whether you've been born twice, how does that begin? Let, let's rehearse those facts. Historical facts. 500 plus eyewitnesses attest Jesus died on the cross for your sins and mine. I believe that. Jesus, you were dead on that cross and they buried you in a grave. Jesus, I believe that. Jesus, early Sunday morning, didn't stay dead. He literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead. Jesus, I believe that. My faith believes you did that for me. And the second verb is, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior, my King, my forever friend. Right now, by faith, Jesus, an act of my will, I open the door of my life and I receive you. Come take charge. <laughs> Be my, my Savior, my King, my forever friend. I'm going to follow you. No turning back. That's where being born twice begins. Did you know that fear and worry, once you know Jesus, they, they can be a thing of the past? Because Jesus is alive, if the worst happens to you, you're going to be more alive than you've ever been. Face to face with Jesus. Is there, is there anything messing with your standing in Jesus Christ today? Anything that keeps pushing you off 
of your position, your identity, the righteousness of Christ in you? Is Jesus saying, you know what, it's time to unplug that. (laughs) It's time to delete that. It's time to cancel that in my life. Don't need that any longer. Speak, Lord. We're listening. If you're watching online or here, right where you're seated, you can begin a relationship with Jesus. The second person of the Trinity, God with skin on, lived a sinless life, and he did that for you, and he did that for me. And he willingly took our place on the cross, spilled his blood on that cross, for my greatest problem and yours too, we're sinners. I believe that, Jesus. And, And I believe, Jesus, dead on that cross, they put you in the grave, and I believe early Sunday morning he didn't stay dead. I believe you arose from the dead and you did that for me. Right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Place my faith in you. Open the door of my life. Come into my life and take charge. I receive you right now. I'm going to follow you. That's where being born again, born twice, that's the starting point. But Lord, I don't just want to start This is going to be a lifelong adventure following you. Thank you, Jesus. This day we celebrate the most important day in history, the most powerful event in all of history. When you defeated sin and Satan and death, we praise you for that. Thank you for all my friends here in the building, for all my friends watching online. Help us to follow you strong. It's in Jesus' wonderful name.